Welcome to China Manufacturing Decoded from Sophist, the podcast where we take you through the major news and topics facing importers and manufacturers in China and Asia today. Hi again, welcome back to China Manufacturing Decoded. I'm Adrian from the team, of course, and joined as is normal by our CEO Renault. Renault, hi. Hey, Adrian. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? All right. Yeah. Good, good. I see you've been making a bit of a stir on LinkedIn this week. Uh-huh. There's a lot of articles that have come out about how you know how the life is getting squeezed out of Shanghai, mm. and um, all the impact also of the the much slower port operations in Shanghai impact on uh, materials coming into China, coming, impact, impact also on, of course, all the, the finished goods that have to be shipped out and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, there, there, there were quite, you know, quite a few discussions about that. Yeah, yeah, some uh, some quite heated uh, discussions going on about the effects of all of the, uh, you know, the one that stood out to me was the shipping. So loads of ships are currently waiting outside Shanghai to be loaded or offloaded and this is similar to what's been going on off of the west coast of the states as well of course and none of this is helped by covid so yeah people with a lot of opinions about that and its effects on on LinkedIn so go check out uh, Renault's uh, LinkedIn page I'll make sure the link's in the show notes for today Today's topic, if you remember a few episodes ago, we had our 100th podcast episode and a bunch of people sent in questions that they wanted you to answer, Renault. and we couldn't get through all of them in one episode. But one of the questions we got was from someone who was asking, what checklist of activities should you or, or could you perform when you're ending a business relationship with a Chinese contract manufacturer? So... That's what I want to get into today. And hopefully you'll be able to share, you know, <laughs> some best practices and stuff that everybody really needs to look out for in what is kind of a tricky situation, right? Mm. It can be very tricky because Chinese suppliers in general are not known for, you know, being extremely helpful, you know, sending all the information required and things like that. They often try to keep the information a little bit uh, close to the vest. Um, but still, you know, when when they see that the buyer is investing into the relationship, is building the relationship, it's positive. Uh, and a lot of issues can be ironed out. But when they pick up on the fact that, hey, it seems like the buyer is moving away and this order might be the last one, it really looks like they've been preparing for that and they haven't told us you know, and they they feel it, they feel it's going to happen. Well, they often, now not, not every time, not all of them, okay, but they often become very unhelpful and some little things become big things, you know, and oh, and uh, can you send us this, uh, this inf- whatever, this sample here that was from last time or whatever, well, why you need it, you know? Um, mm. They try to keep everything they, they, they can to make it more difficult for you to go away, right? Because they tend to think that, well, they invested in the relationship and often it is true. Mm. And um, 
you know, especially at the beginning where there's a new product to develop and, and manufacture and there's a lot of uh, little issues and it takes a lot of their time and so on. And they, they, they don't invoice for it, but they, um, uh, they, they, they pay for it at the beginning. And then they, they um, since they invested in that, uh, well, then they see the buyer is, is going away or developing a backup supplier at least they can feel betrayed, right? Which mm-hmm. is kind of funny because, um, you know, in many cases from the buyer's perspective, it's, it's laughable. You know, it's uh, the buyer was, you know, good enough to, to give them some some business, you know, and it was not the, the factory's product or anything. Um, but, but that's really the way they feel about it often. You know, this is one of these, um, how to say... Um, and said uh, assumptions and you know diverging beliefs uh, that that's just the way it is so mm. all of that to say that the, the supplier might not be very happy when they see that and obviously there are right. there are very telling signs like if you tell them to return the molds you know for example if there's some casting or some uh, injection molding going on or you know uh, some of these processes that require very specific tooling you tell them to send you back the, the tooling, they know it's over, like forever. Mm. And then in their mind, it's, you know, what do I have to lose in making it difficult for them to leave? But if I make it difficult, maybe I get more business. So mm. the incentives often are, are are making it so that the supplier is very tempted to make it very difficult. Uh, and yeah, as a summary, all of that to say, buyers should treat carefully uh, and that's why this uh, this listener of the podcast, who asked us not to be named, and it's totally normal. <laughs> and 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 usually by default we don't name the people who ask us questions anyway. Uh, but he he said specifically, do not name me because if the supplier, for whatever reason, hears about it, <laughs> they would be in trouble. They would be in trouble, and the supplier would become, you know, much less um, helpful all of a sudden. Right. Hmm. The, maybe we should first cover, you know, in, why would a buyer transfer production away from their current manufacturer? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Good starting point. Uh, you know, what? Why are you even thinking of leaving? Right, 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 right. So, um, and I wrote a few articles on that topic, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll leave the links to them in the show notes, but. Um, I I made a list of I think seven seven reasons why yeah. an importer would move away from a Chinese manufacturer, you know, and the obvious one, the obvious one is that product quality is not acceptable, right? And obviously you need to look at the context because if you if you've been working with a manufacturer for, I don't know, five years and they've made a number of batches for you and then all of a sudden one batch you know, has, I don't know, 10%, 20% of defectives or maybe all of them are assembled the wrong way or something. There's an issue on one of the components and all of them. Are you going to jeopardize your entire relationship for that? Well, you know, obviously you should first talk to them and see if they can compensate you in some way. And uh, maybe it's your mistake. <laughs> Sometimes mm. the buyer uh, requests some engineering changes and don't 
uh, don't 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 validate that everything is going to be all right or you know there's there's a lot of cases where it's actually the buyer's fault or the buyer introduced a lot of confusion right so try to understand the situation try to work it out and so on um it's it's not automatically like leave the supplier right because you might go to another supplier that might have um that might come with 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 higher risks mm. so be careful now on the other hand if you're working with a supplier for the first time and the first batch that they make for you is clearly substandard in general you are better off running away okay because the second time you know the very classic approach is they give you a rebate which means they don't make money on the second one which means they try to cut corners again <laughs> which means the second one is even worse and so on and so forth mm. um it it's it's not good it's not good so there there are cases where it makes a lot of sense to to move away right yeah. maybe you see very clear trends uh, maybe there was a key person maybe the engineering manager maybe the production manager or whatever you know who left and then everything is going downhill but that's really scary right uh, so that's quality a second one obviously is prices prices mm. that go up 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 but you don't really have transparency and you you can't really challenge them or you know they, they're not very easy to do business with and you can see that the trend will keep going well at one point you have to say i can no longer buy from you guys you know you have to do your your, your basic uh, sourcing search for uh, for a better deal and if you see that there are some other good options that come with lower pricing well you know at one point you need to start giving test orders to these other suppliers and um, if it turns out to to be to be okay well you need to to transfer your production somewhere else right yeah and that that's really um uh, I'm sure a lot of people who are listening are thinking, yeah, 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 <laughs> mm. that's happening to us. You know, of course, you have to see how fast it goes up, and uh, and if it makes sense. Because if if you look at the materials and you say, well, yeah, um, you know, it, it's made mostly of um, X and Y kind of materials, and uh, the, the price is really going, be going up. It's true. Um, you, you can have a um, how to say. A good discussion about that and you you know you're not you're not getting screwed basically but if there's no real reason it's like oh the cost of everything is going up and whatever and it's a little bit like take it or leave it you know or it's very hard to negotiate it down or maybe they, they want to push it up 20 percent, and then you negotiate and negotiate to give it to only 10 percent increase well maybe at one point it's just no longer worth it for you to to do that business, right? Yeah. If your margins are tight, that's just going to eat up all of your margins. So you need to to rethink that. Now, if if there are good reasons for it, and the, the manufacturer is acting in good faith, and they can be reasoned with, you might think of how to maybe redesign your product and your you know including the packaging and everything um, to uh, maybe make it less costly or maybe to provide more value so that you can charge more to your customers. Uh, this is a, an example. There's usually more than one way to uh, to skin the cat, right? Mm. Um, so think of your alternatives, but if you're stuck in a corner, well, basically at one point you have to leave the supplier and go to another one. 
that's unfortunately uh, what what happens sometimes. Okay. Um, another one is that the manufacturer keep making changes behind your back and doesn't tell you about it, right? So they might put production in factory A, and maybe they told you about it and you authorized it after auditing it and so on, and then they put it in factory B without telling you. Mm. Maybe the, the one of the key components uh, is changed and they don't tell you. Um, well, that that you know that's bad, especially if you had a um, if you had them sign a manufacturing agreement that very clearly spelled out that it was it was bad, right? Uh, and all of the major buyers of automotive parts, all of the major buyers of medical devices, all of the large companies buying consumer goods, they make it very very clear to their 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 suppliers, you know, don't play with with that. Yeah. Do not change processes. Do not change materials, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But hey, it's China, and that's one of the bad <laughs> habits of Chinese suppliers. Mm. They um, they think that you just buy a finished product, and you don't need to know everything, right? Mm. And and that can have tremendously bad uh, impacts. On, on, on the product safety, on the product reliability, um, really, really bad, right? I mean, um, for example, I think the worst for that is the the suppliers of uh, tablets and smartphones in Shenzhen. <laughs> I don't want to bang on anybody in particular, but it, you know, the whole industry. If you if you look at the Chinese ODM suppliers. You know, the buyers go there and they say, oh, okay, yeah, let's work on the basis of this existing product that you have. Well, you're going <laughs> to you're gonna have to watch very, very, very carefully, you know, what components are used because they're going to they're gonna change this wire and, uh, you know, and, and that display and, and, uh, and, and this and that, uh, I don't know, um, active electronic components, uh, <laughs> you know, without telling you and then if you don't know about it then you don't redo all the validation testing and if you don't redo all the validation testing uh you don't pick up on it but it it might mean that let's say it's a, a smartphone well maybe the smartphone is going to over overheat and the battery is going to get seriously damaged or you know it could be a number of other things right can lead to very serious uh safety issues so and, and compliance, you know, non-compliance issues. So that's bad. And if they if they do it regularly, uh, I say run. Mm. That's really a big no-no. Well, it's it's not them that goes to prison if uh, cut if exactly. a consumer gets injured, right? It's 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 going to be you, the importer, that the that the authorities go after. Oh yeah, and and if you have a lot more. Um, um, RMA and you know you, you people people go after you for the warranty because it doesn't mm. work and so on. You're gonna to have to pay everything, and well, it's gonna be a long discussion to get the supplier to cover any of that. Unfortunately, mm. right? So yeah, they 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 play with it. They estimate that the risk is low, but they they don't have much skin in the game. You know, the buyer is the one with all the skin in the game. Yeah. Uh, that's why it's really bad. That's why I say run when that happens. Because hmm. you're dealing with 
people who like to scheme, you know, to do their little schemes behind your back. And especially if you warn them before and they still do it, it means it's going to happen again. You know, maybe the salesperson says, yeah, 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 of course we won't do that. But the salesperson doesn't know what's, mm. what's happening in the purchasing department, what's happening in the engineering department. Maybe she doesn't know, she cannot control. And if it's something that they do, you know, every day, like they're breathing, um, they're going to do it anyway again, right? That's, yeah. the, that's yeah. the problem. And then, um, yeah, n- number five, the, the fifth reason why you might want to go away is that they they have financial difficulty. And you might you might notice maybe they... Um, they lost a big a big customer. They, they reduced their footprint a lot. Uh, they 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 rent they're renting a much smaller place than before. They have much fewer people. You know what's going on, and and maybe they they owe a lot of money to their own suppliers, which actually leads to a lot of problems because the suppliers can do pretty much what they want, and the customer can really the, the sorry the manufacturer can really never raise their voice against them. Right? Hey. Uh, uh, what are you doing that? You know, look at this poor quality, bro. Hey, uh, you know, pay us back the 20 million RMB and then we can talk, all right? Mm. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> right. So if they're, they're in deep financial trouble, they might actually close on you, you know, after they get your deposit. And that is extremely scary. Uh, you know, obviously, as always, I would say, do not send a deposit before changing New Year for a production after changing New Year. <laughs> That's... Um, it's just making it too tempting sometimes for these uh, these these um, uh, challenged companies. You know, hey, maybe we should just close and disappear with the money. You don't want them to be in that position. So you have to watch. You have to um, sort of assess the relationship. And if you see that they're going downhill and they might close, uh, definitely you want to double source. And maybe after a while, you want to completely move away. Right. Don't hmm. don't leave any expensive tooling there, by the way, because it's going to be sold for scrap, you know, as crazy as it sounds. Right. Or or worse, might be used by another factory to make the same product as yours. And uh, yeah. Uh, number six is if you are concerned, especially if you're concerned about your brand image and you see that they are, you know, their 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 staff is not working in um in, in proper conditions, uh, or maybe it's in certain countries where maybe there's, there is or might be child labor, you know, there's some strong suspicions maybe, uh, or they're dumping a lot of chemical waste into the, the, the river system and in the soil and so on. This is bad. If they don't mm. react quickly, I mean, just go somewhere else because this might really, okay, number one, they might be closed anytime. Uh, for example, in China, if they, if they pollute the air, the the, the water, or the or the, or the soil, they, you know, they might be closed in any time. And number two, it it might spill over to uh, you know to your 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 brand, your 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 company image. So again, mm. you need to keep in mind your you know the risks to your company. And then, well, the last one, the seventh one is the seventh one, is that you find another manufacturer that's just much better, <laughs> mm. right? They have what, what you're looking for, right? And um, that's you know pretty obvious. So no need to mm. to, to go over it. Um, can I can I throw another one in there though? Because in the context of 
of recent years with the COVID pandemic going on, it's probably fair to say in some cases that dealing with Chinese suppliers has become more difficult for businesses in other parts of the world. So is there is there a, a call to say that even if your Chinese supplier is is okay and is not exactly exhibiting the issues that you've just outlined, you might still be in a position where you might need to really think about switching away from them. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It it comes down to two things. Yeah, number one, how hard it is to to work with them. You know, where maybe before you were flying out to meet with them every couple of months, and maybe you had I don't know your um, your local staff or I don't know some some agent in Hong Kong or whatever that was going to, mm. to see them pretty often. And now it's no longer possible and the whole thing is going downhill because of poor communication and the difficulty in realigning everybody's expectations. Um, you know, it also comes down to risk, risk of mm. risk for your supply chain. Maybe you're overexposed to the China production risk. Right. And uh, a lot of American companies um, are, 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 you know, rightfully concerned about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, good point and very relevant for now. Okay, so we know why you might want to be changing to a different supplier. So how do we go about, you know, managing that uh, that process? So we're going to transfer production out of, out of uh, the one Chinese factory, to another one, maybe another one in a different country as well. What's how, how does that work? Correct. Well, here again, you know, I have a few tips. Now, you have to start thinking of this way ahead of time, way earlier than the time when you need to to jump ship. Basically, you, you need to prepare. You know, prepare the ground carefully, and it's going to be much easier for you. Hmm. And that means a few things, three things, really. First is make it very clear who owns the product. I, I see a lot of cases where each party thinks that they own the product, you know, all the, the intellectual property of the product. And that is dangerous. This will definitely lead to a serious conflict. Yeah. So. If you're the buyer and you own the product, you get to have an, uh, a legally enforceable agreement that says so, that says, mm. you know, all of the IP rights with no exception belong to you know the buying party, and 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 you've got to make sure that you have all of the latest uh, versions of the engineering files, right? All the deliverables mechanical CAD drawings and the, the electronic CAD files and so on and so forth. Mm. You, you, you get to have this information about the product design. If you don't even have that, it's going to be hard for you to redevelop the same product somewhere else. Now, having said that, maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's really the supplier's product, right? You, maybe you went into their showroom uh, and you picked something and you said, I want the same as this. Uh, can you add that function and can you can you change the color of the feet or whatever? That's the supplier's product. Now, if you added certain things to it that are very specific to you, 
and you don't want the supplier to um, to make that for anybody else, um, you know, it doesn't make it, you know, it doesn't make the wool product yours. Now, this is going into IP uh, intellectual property rights and, and, you know, legal issues. So I'm not going to go deep into that. Right. Um, but, the, 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 you know, uh, the, the simple cases are, A, the buyer owns the product and the, sorry, yeah, the buyer owns the product and can move it from factory to factory and then no factory is supposed to do anything with that, can only make it for the buyer, you know. And B, the supplier owns the product and the buyer is a distributor, right? Whenever you veer off of any of these two cases, it becomes a bit um, a bit murky and you probably need to work with a lawyer to, to get the right wording and the right terms can get extremely complicated actually so make it very clear right no misplaced expectations here right <laughs> because once you want to move that product away to another supplier well the, the, the original supplier that be, believes it's their product is not going to be happy at all mm. they're not going to be cooperative right and in some cases they're going to hear about the transfer before you want to because some kind of mistake is going to be made uh, maybe someone from your, your your staff or your I don't know your freight forwarder or your inspection company or whatever will start to leak information about a um, a, a backup supplier. You know th- these kind of things. It might happen, right? Or maybe the backup supplier or the, the new supplier, you know, is is a good buddy of your current supplier. If you're still in China, that might happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they they might be in the same street even right <laughs> so you gotta be careful you, you, you basically the expectations about who owns the ip rights is extremely important um, the second one is do you have some kind of contract because if you have a contract that gives you the right to pull the tooling at any time that uh, make sure you have all the information that you can request in some cases you can even request that a manufacturer has to provide training and assistance to the new manufacturer for a reasonable price, you know, a reasonable fee for that service, right? Mm-hmm. So a, uh, an enforceable contract can be very helpful. Number three is you got to communicate. You can't let the supplier hope that you're kind of happy and everything is all right, and then you go away. That, again, this will add to the feeling of, you know, the buyer is betraying us. No, you gotta you gotta give them targets. You know, this is the expectation, and this is the standard, and this is like for example for quality, this is our quality standard, and this is how you fell short repeatedly. And this is the issues that you haven't fixed at the root yet. We're not very happy about that. You know, you have to make sure they 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 they, they are clear about that. Whatever KPIs make a lot of sense for you, you know, on-time delivery, cost, and so on, you know, speed to develop a new product, etc. You have to make it clear and you have to make sure that they know how they need to improve to make you happy, right? Otherwise, again, they're going to feel betrayed. They're not going to be very happy. Then let's switch to the new manufacturer. How are you going to help the new manufacturer, right? Because you probably cannot take them and bring them to your current supplier's facility. I mean, there's going to be a lot of questions asked, you know, who's this new face and whatever, right? Some people do it, but actually it's 
it's not very, you know, not very ethical, uh, not very nice. Um, and you, you probably can't take a lot of videos, but the way they do their, their, their manufacturing and, the, and, and, and the testing and everything, mm. right? And if you have not done all the, the preparations to actually know where the components of your product come from, you know, who the sub-suppliers are, it's going to be difficult to, to give that information to the new manufacturer, right? So the new manufacturer is going to have to figure out, it's going to have to do the sourcing again, and it's going to have to figure out how to, uh, to set up the supply chain for that new product. Now, if it's a very run-of-the-mill kind of product, no problem, you know? But if it's one of these electromechanical products, um, rather unique, uh, with you know 50 plus components is going to be a bit difficult right it could be the components it could be uh, the surface finishing it could be something that's very important to you hmm. that comes from a specific sub supplier and, and 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 you can ask 10 other potential sub suppliers they're not going to get you exactly what you want right so that that's really um it's really something you need to anticipate. You need to anticipate how are you going to train and you know onboard the new manufacturer. So everything I said before, you know, uh, about having the engineering files and the bill of material, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and a documented quality standard and so on. All of that is going to make the the learning curve a little bit less steep, right? Mm. But if you if you go to them and you kind of have nothing, then you are redeveloping the whole things from scratch. And, uh, um, well, not going to be fun, right? It's not going to be fun. No. It's going to be a lot of a lot more work than, than you wish. Um, and they might drop it just because it's so much more, so much, so much work. Right? And you're back to, to square one. Okay, this, this special case of tooling. You know, and in most cases that we're involved with its plastic injection molding, uh, you know, the, the molds for plastic injection. But it could be, um, you know, there's a bunch of other processes, extrusion, casting, et cetera, that, that um, um, you know, compression molding, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of kinds of tooling. There's also, when I say tooling, I should also mention anything specific, you know, the assembly fixtures to make it a, a bit easier and better to to, uh, to assemble certain parts to do some of the, the operations, um, the testing stations, uh, the, the you know sometimes maybe the, the you know, functional testing for PCBA etc. Um, the the go no go gauges, the, the checking fixtures to to confirm you know all the geometry is all right. All of that is very valuable, and sometimes you know if you don't get it from the current manufacturer. It's going to be a real pain in the neck to to get it done again for the new one. Not yep. to mention, it's going to be very expensive. Maybe in the case of uh, of molds, right? Mm. So you really want to get your hands on that. And it, I mean, if you do not have a manufacturing agreement that allows you to 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 grab the mold at any time, to, to grab all the all of this tooling, all of this equipment. Is going to be painful, so you mm. need to to work that out. Also, again, 
need to make sure that the expectations are very well aligned. Because if the manufacturer actually subsidized the cost of the molds, um, <laughs> and if there's nothing in, in writing that says that you own the molds, why would they hand it over to you, right? <laughs> That's going to be painful. That's mm. going to be painful. So this is one of these cases that you really need to prepare in advance. And maybe, mm. you know, you need to, because the manufacturers are going to say why, you know, and they're going to suspect that you want to move away, kick them out. But, you know, that's where you say, if you prepare it nicely, you already have some business with them ongoing. Well, you know, maybe you say, hey, um, things like I can get investors on board and, and we'll improve, we'll, we'll increase the, the, the size of the orders. Uh, but we need to make sure that, you know, we have the paperwork in order, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, and we're working with a lawyer for that. Please sign that. If they, if they don't have any concerns, if your behavior doesn't, you know, doesn't give them any hint that you're about to leave, it might work, right? Now, if it's a lie, it's a lie, right? And if once you want to go away, they're going to feel even more betrayed, right? Mm. And that, that's really, that's why buyers are so so, so scared of um, dropping a supplier on which they, they depend, right? Um, so you get to do everything you can to, to depend less on them. You need to mm. get them to build some, some uh, more products so you have some inventory. Maybe you have enough inventory to see, see through for the next six months or nine months, right? Mm. Um, that that sure helps. <laughs> um, and and maybe you need to let it run a little bit longer until you know that tooling doesn't have that many shots in its life anyway. Right? Mm. So th- there's a lot of things that can be done, but if you don't prepare it well. Is going to be, uh, it's going, it's going to be um, a little bit difficult. Let's say. This yeah, way. the the tooling is a a bit of a banana skin, isn't it? Even if everything else is right, okay. if your supplier is retaining your tooling, then they've really they're really causing you a big problem. About about preparing for moving tooling as well. Uh, maybe one workaround is to get the supplier used to the tooling going in and out. So between mm-hmm. productions, you pull it out. And you keep it, you know, you keep custody over it somewhere else in your facility or or someone else's facility. And then when it's needed, you keep sending it back in and bringing it back out. And they kind of get used to that, right? Yeah, right. That's what we do for some of our clients. Right. Um, We pick up the tooling and then we, after a a production is done and we bring it back after. If you mention it from the start, okay, this is how the game is going to be played fine you know and yes. if, they, they, if it's documented because in china if it's not documented it doesn't exist so if it's written <laughs> black or white black and white and they they agree with it they accept it you know they sign fine right this is not your behavior showing that you're about to leave however if after two years of having them uh, make a certain product you start to put that in place you better have a good explanation that doesn't trigger any alarms, right? So, um, and maybe, and maybe you have to, you know, to raise the alarm from your side to say maybe, oh, we have some some other products on our market. They, 
you know, they're so similar. It even looks like they come from the same mold, blah, blah, blah. Look at some photos, you know, and, and oh, no, 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 it's not us. And, uh, okay, well, we talked with everybody and, we, you know, between two uh, two rounds of production, we're going to have to to keep the, the, the tuning outside. Then we will not, you know, nobody will suspect you, all right? You know, in, if you scare them enough with, with with that, they might say, okay, and not see through your, your, uh, your BS. <laughs> But mm. still, it is. You know, you're lying to your supplier. I mean, why would we have to to go to to such a, an extreme? You know, you you don't want them to lie to you, but you're lying to them through your teeth, right? Right. A lot of buyers are doing that. A lot of buyers are doing that, and that's why it's all in the preparation. It's all in mm. asking the right questions at the beginning of the relationship with a new supplier, because if you if you're approaching a supplier, you know, asking the right questions, putting your terms on the table, saying this is the way we're going to do the job, everything is everything is going to tend to to work out in a much more professional manner, right? Because you're going to have much more control, and hmm. the fact that you have more control will keep them on their on their toes, right? The same supplier, if you go there and like yeah, whatever, you know, freestyle, and you don't think all that stuff. Well, you are not going to have control. They're going to have more control. They're going to have the upper hand, and the whole relationship and the whole, you know, their their whole performance actually might suffer greatly because they will say, "Yeah, whatever." You know, we're holding him in our hands. You know, it's like you know we we are strong in this relationship. He is weak. We can do whatever we want. It's it's really sad, but that's that's the truth, and buyers come to china they have to accept that and by the way we covered it in an earlier episode um about um uh, the the terms to to negotiate and the payment terms and things like that yes I forget the episode number but we, we we did cover that you know at least the the all the basics yeah i'll leave the link in the show notes uh yeah that, that that's a good one to mention at this point uh, okay so up to now, you've you've gone through reasons why you might want to leave a Chinese supplier. We've just been talking about some best practices in sort of how to manage that leaving process. And of course, making a, a very good point that really this requires a lot of prior preparation, you know, at the start of your relationship, if, if at all possible. Okay. If we're now, we're leaving, we found a new manufacturer. We are moving manufacturing uh, production to them. There's got to be a plan for that, right? There's, you know, yeah. There's seven topics. I mean, first you get to to, to plan for it, gather a little mm. bit of information, and so on. You know, these are the first two topics. Uh, you know, ask some questions to the supplier also, because you need to uh, you need to get as much information as you can. Yep. Uh, you also need to gather information uh, from your side on on the um, past performance of the supplier and some of the engineering issues and and you know what what is the quality standard is it documented you have samples etc etc you need to see what's the gap Mm. between you and you know an easy and successful onboarding of a new supplier you know a successful transfer really because when they're as soon as there's some tooling it's it's really a transfer then you need to need to prepare so that includes, you know, things like uh, buying more products and keep them in inventory, 
looking at long lead time uh, parts, et cetera, et cetera, you need to uh, make sure that, um, you know, the new supplier uh, prepares and, and has everything they need for, uh, for proper production. And you also need to set up all the bases so that the relationship with the new supplier is going to play out better than the one with the previous one, right? Right, that, yeah. That, that's kind of a yeah, checklist, as, as you mentioned. And we can um, we, we'll leave the link in, uh, in, in the show notes. So mm. if you are planning to go ahead and, and transfer production away from a current supplier in, you know, that, that's in China, you get to you get to go through this checklist and do you know some of your homework. I mean, look, you could you could almost go to this blog post and print it out and then just tick them off as you're going through it. Lots of important points and really really helpful. So do definitely check the show notes this time and uh, read that post. So yeah, um, good advice there, and I hope that's helpful to the listener who sent in the question and was wondering about how you go about. Uh, sort of handling the process of, of switching away from a, a Chinese mm. manufacturing supplier. So, yeah, if you do have any questions about the topic today, of course, get in touch uh, through the website, sophies.com. Uh, Renault is always happy to answer your questions. Yes. <laughs> Please give us some inspiration. Yeah, send us a few, um, few questions from time to time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, really good. And we're happy to go through them on the on the pod. So brilliant. Uh, There were more questions, Renaud, actually, even more that we've not gotten to so far. So I think in a future episode, we'll go through even more of the questions that folks have sent in, right? Yes, yes. We're keeping a few on the side. We'll, We'll cover them shortly. Yeah, great. Okay, that's it for now. So uh, thanks for being with me today, Renaud. All right. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to this podcast brought to you by the Sophies Group. We're on a mission to provide you with everything you need to manufacture effectively in Asia, including inspections, auditing, new product development support, contract manufacturing, 3PL warehousing and fulfillment, and much, much more across Asia's key manufacturing areas. Visit us at sophiest.com, that's S-O-F-E-A-S-T dot com, to learn more and get help. If you've enjoyed the podcast today, please do rate, review and share because it will really help others discover us too.